As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, what's up and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast here on Friday, September 24th. Michael Beller, Zach Jackson, and Vic Tafer joining you on a Friday to take a look ahead to the 15 remaining games on the week three slate and give you one pick a piece with our five favorites as well. A couple of fun games that you guys are going to get to watch this week too. Zach, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing very well. Vic, what's going on with you? Not much, man. Just getting fired up. Another great week of football. Yeah, another good week ahead. Hopefully a better week for us here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, looking back at our five faves last week, Zach, you went two and three. I went three and two. Vic, you went one and four. The one that you hit was Titans Moneyline. That was plus 190. So if it's a, if we're assuming one unit bets for all five, that's that's sort of like going two and three at least. So you made some of it back with the Titans Moneyline. So at least that's a silver lining you got there, Vic. Yeah, the problem was uh, Zach had me believing in the Browns. I was all fired up for the Browns. <laughs> they can't they can't cover the big numbers, so I blame Zach for my two and three start. Uh, well, it's a one and four start. We just got the two and three based on the units, Vic. Well, I'm taking I'm taking two <laughs> units. We're talking about right, so that's two and three. <laughs> units definitely are what matter here. We've got five more apiece for you that we are going to get into when we start. With the 1 p.m. Eastern kickoffs, the first game we're going to talk about, Bills and Washington. The Bills are seven-point favorites in this game. Uh, 45 and a half is the over-under. Vic, why don't you take this one away first, your fa- or your your play from this game, and, of course, uh, let us know if it's one of your favorites or if it isn't. I think it's a good number, so I didn't find too much value on either side. So I do think the Washington pass rush you know, came in with a lot of hype around that pass rush. I haven't seen it quite yet, so... I think Josh Allen has some time to make some plays, and I'm taking the over in uh, Josh Allen's passing yards. I believe it's uh, 
265 and a half. That's my that's my lock on this game. Yeah, nothing I loved here. You know, I looked early in the week. It was nine. Uh, I do think Buffalo wins. I think they needed last week to get back on track. You know, seven and a half, eight, whatever it is. Uh, certainly not one of my favorite plays. But uh, having to pick one here and keep it going, I'll, I'll take Buffalo. But certainly not one that's at the top of my list for the week. I'm right there with you guys. It's a one. It's one that I just don't have a great feel for on either side. I'm actually on the opposite side of you, Zach, and there, I do participate in a pool where we have to pick every game against the spread. So I'll be on Washington so long as it stays above a touchdown, but I don't love it. I really don't love it. It's certainly not one I'm going to bet my logic for Washington. I just think back to week one and think about what Pittsburgh was able to do against Buffalo's offensive line. They created a lot of havoc in the backfield for Josh Allen, a game that the Bills only scored 16 points. In and then even last week, you know, they put up 35 points, but it was not an explosive, efficient game from that Buffalo passing game. So it's just, I don't know if it just feels a little, I want to see a little bit more from the 2021 Bills before I trust them to cover a seven against a defense that hasn't played up to its ability this season, but one we still feel like should be a good one. So that's the pick for this. But again, a very, very slight lean and definitely not going to be playing this one with any real money. Let's move on next to uh, not only the game that you'll be covering, Zach, but one of the big games of the week because Justin Fields making his first NFL start. Bears and Browns in Cleveland. We've got the Browns favored by a touchdown. 46 is the over-under. Zach, what's your play? And also any general impressions you have of this matchup between these two teams? Yeah, I think you got to go back a long time before you find uh, Browns versus Bears to be really wildly interesting. But but this is the exception <laughs> yeah. to the rule, right? You have a first start for Justin Fields. You have almost certainly Odell Beckham coming back for the Browns. Um, you know, the Browns favored by a touchdown or more. Expectations are high. The crowd will be wild. And I think both teams kind of need this game, right? Coming to one on one, you know, Browns certainly, I think, at least externally, have higher expectations than the Bears. But the Bears go home and play Detroit; they have a chance to put a, to string some together. The Browns have back to back road games after this, and frankly, weren't great last week. So, um, you know, I look for Kevin Stefanski to be aggressive in this game, and I think they're going to air it out a little bit, get Odell Beckham involved, uh, maybe let Baker Mayfield loose. And go for some points. They want to build a lead to help that defense and put extra pressure on the rookie quarterback. Uh, I like the Browns over 27 and a half in this game. So all I heard there was the Browns are going to air it out. The crowds are going to go crazy. So I'm back on the Browns. Yeah. The Browns would... are laying, uh, <laughs> now, how can you not? I mean, I, the only from last week, I think uh, it's, it's a nice, nice play. I'm, I'm back on the Browns to cover the spread. Look at that. You're You're talking trash. To our colleague here with the on-the-ground knowledge right off the jump, like 30 seconds into the show, and then here you are a minute and a half later on the exact same side, just buying in on those Cleveland Browns. Uh, Eddie Goldman, if he doesn't come back for the Bears, I think they're going to have a whole lot of trouble slowing down uh, Nick Chubb and slowing down that Browns offense. I am not having it play as one of my five favorites of this game. You'll see if you're watching this on YouTube right here that it just says Allen Robinson over because of the Justin Fields uh, announcement. We don't have any props yet available for the Bears side of this game, but whatever it is, it'll probably be in the low 60s, I would guess, and I think Allen Robinson goes over that mark this week. He goes over it last week if he catches a 40-yard touchdown pass from Justin Fields that went literally through his arms, a dime from Fields that was right on the mark, and I think that we're going to see Robinson, assuming that Fields stays as this team starter, start to put up the numbers that we are accustomed to seeing from him after a quiet start to the season. So, assuming this number lands somewhere in the low 60s, which I think it will, I will take the over on Allen Robinson's receiving yards, but not one of my five faves 
of the day. This next game also not one of my five favorite ones of the day, and I don't think any of us has a favorite play on this, but we're talking about them all. We've got the Lions and the Ravens. Ravens are eight-point favorites in this game in Detroit. We've got an over-under of 50 on it. Zach, get us started. Excuse me, Vic, get us started. You guys actually have the same play for this one. Not a favorite for either of you. Yeah, the Lions uh, hung tough for a while on Monday night. They were covering the spread. They are definitely in the game. Things fell apart. But they seem like they're competitive. So you have a good old line. I think Jared Goff is always dangerous in terms of covering big numbers. I think the Ravens, classic letdown week, huge huge win over the Chiefs. So they can't be motivated to play the freaking Lions. So I'll, give, I'll take the points, even though it's not going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I agree with Vic in the classic letdown spot. Now, I would like to see more from the Lions offense. They're missing Tyrell Williams. Um, I didn't think Jared Goff played awfully awful at all, but I think he will have a little success with those young receivers against a pretty banged-up Ravens defense. The Ravens' goal here is just don't get anybody hurt, right? Just escape, win by a field goal, uh, which they have the best kicker we've, we've seen in a long, long time to do that. Uh, more than a touchdown, I, it was easy for me to circle Detroit. Yeah, I'm with you guys on that, and so just to give us a little bit of a different look, especially since nothing in this is one of my five favorites, I'll say Tyson Williams goes over his 56-and-a-half-yard rushing prop. We've seen some big rushing games against the Lions. They've left open some big gaping gaps, and you've seen some big cutback runs. Uh, Elijah Mitchell had a couple in the Week 1 matchup against the 49ers. Aaron Jones just carved them up on Monday Night Football. Did plenty of his touchdown scoring damage through the air, but it seemed like every time Aaron Rodgers handed the ball to Aaron Jones, he was ripping off six, eight, ten-yard chunks pretty regularly. So the one thing that concerns me here and why I'm not actually playing it is is we know Lamar takes so much off the table. Latavius Murray is going to have some sort of role in this game. So it's one that I don't really want to play, but I think that like what I actually originally looked for was the Ravens team rushing yard prop, but couldn't find any good number on that available. So I went with Tyson Williams. I do think that the Ravens can run all over the Lions. Not something that I want to play, however. Next up on our list here is the Titans and the Colts. Titans, five and a half point favorites. 47 and a half is the over-under. Not sure who's going to be starting at quarterback for the Colts in this one. And that has both you guys, or at least I'm assuming that's part of the reason why both you guys are on the Titans. Zach, start the argument for the Titans laying the five and a half. Yeah, you pretty much want to look away from this one. But just <laughs> historically, when when you have a backup quarterback, and, and we know with the Colts, there's just not, not a lot of experience there, right? Mm-hmm. If Carson Wentz can't go, they have Brett Hundley, who's on the practice squad, or or they have Jacob Eason, who maybe has played in a regular season, but, but certainly hasn't. So mm-hmm. nobody trusts the Tennessee defense under normal circumstances against a backup quarterback, though. Um, I, I could see the Titans winning by a touchdown or, or more, maybe two or three touchdowns. You know, when I sent you the text and I read my pick, this is Vic, Colin, Titans. Doesn't, doesn't look good. I'm going to change it up. I'm going with the Colts. <laughs> oh! Um, I, just, uh, yeah. I just think uh, yeah, Brett Hundley, Jacob Eason, Carson Wentz, doesn't who, what, doesn't matter. It's all, it's all the same guy at this point. So, Colts are a pretty good team otherwise. They should be able to run the ball. I think their run defense will step up a little bit, keep it close. So, uh, give me the points and the Colts. It's really on the defense here because if the if the Titans are able to get the offense going, the, Col- the Colts aren't keeping up. I mean, that's just a bottom line. If the Colts can, or if the, excuse me, the Titans get to 27, 28 points in this, I think they're covering the five and a half. And so that's where I lean because my pick for this one is Titans to score more than 27 and a half points. Plus 100 is what pushed me to that being my play. I do, I, I sort of look at those bets as one and the same as Titans minus five and a half and Titans over 27 and a half. They obviously don't have to be one and the same, but it feels like if you're betting one, you're kind of also betting the other. So I'll take the better uh, price at the plus 100. 
I think this Titans offense uh, really found something last week. And what, what we talked about it last week, very little play action from them in week one against Arizona, a whole lot more from them in week two in that win over Seattle. So I think Todd Downing got the marching orders. Maybe Arthur Smith sent him a shoot. A- a quick text after the week one loss and said, eh, you know, I had a lot of success running play action with that team. Might be something you want to think about going forward. And so I do think that we see a lot more of that from this Titans team. I like them to get to 28 points and north of that, not one of my five favorites. However, we've got a first here, guys, on uh, the Friday edition of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. And it is that we have a game where all three of us have one of our five favorites in the same game. And it is one of a handful of marquee games that are on the slate this week. Chiefs and Chargers. Chiefs six and a half point favorites playing this one at home at Arrowhead. 55 is the over under. Vic, you get us started. Which of which bet do you like? Which one is your five favorite for this week? I went with the over. I think the Chargers left a bunch of points on the board uh, off the board last week. I think their offense is uh, in good shape. I like the Chiefs defense, obviously. It looks like they don't really care at this point. They're kind of just, you know, going to run from the motions. So I think it should be a high-scoring game. I don't want to touch the point spread, so I like the over. It's, uh, it's a 55? 55. 55, uh, yes. Yeah, 55. It's a nice little number. So uh, I should get that by a late, late third quarter. Yeah, a lot of the similar logic, Michael, in my pick. Uh, the, you look at the Chargers last week. They left minimum two touchdowns. On the field, you know, some of those penalties are questionable. They miss a field goal. And then, of course, those strange circumstances shape everything. So I think they go into Arrowhead. You know you have to score 30, right? You you operate that way. And I think they can. I just like the look of Justin Herbert. I've liked the Chargers all along. So, you know, obviously the Chiefs angry at home. It's tough for me to go against them. I'll take. I think this comes down to the last possession game. And I'm going to trust that the Chargers have it inside that touchdown headed to that final possession. Not only do we all have a favorite pick in this game, you guys, but we're all following the same line of logic on the Chargers. I have them going over 23 and a half points. It's minus 125. I'm comfortable playing that juice because I really do think that this is a strong play. You guys have said it. Uh, it's been sort of fluky that the Chargers are actually uh, one of the lowest scoring teams in the NFL so far. 26th in points, despite being fourth in the NFL in yards. They're tied for first with the Buccaneers in red zone possessions. They've already been inside their opponents 20, 10 times, you guys. Three touchdowns on those 10 red zone trips. You have an interception uh, where Keenan Allen fell down once the ball was already out of Justin Herbert's hands. You have a weird sack fumble that ended up being a touchback where maybe was not the greatest call in the world. And so it's just been a fluky road to this team only having 37 points through two games. That offense has been much better than what that would suggest. And I agree, Zach, you coach that you you coach in such a way that you would think you need 30 to win this game. And I do think that we're going to see that from Brandon Staley, who obviously made his bones on the defensive side of the ball, but is an aggressive coach. So I think that we're going to see that from them. I like them to go over the 23 and a half. And this is one where I'll be looking for alternate lines as well. We'll play this up at over 26 and a half, 27 and a half, because I like the Chargers. I like this to be a high scoring game similar to what we saw between the Chiefs and the Ravens one week ago. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Next game up, you guys. think we're going to see a little bit different of a pace in this game. Saints and Patriots getting together here. Patriots, two point favorite, two and a half point favorites, excuse me, at home. 42 is the over-under in this one. Zach, not only are you and I on the same play in this game, we both have it as one of our five favorites. I will let you take it away first. Yeah, bet with streaks, not against them, right? The Patriots <laughs> have two unders because they have a way they want to play. And that that is they want to make you beat them, right? They, they're going to be conservative with their rookie quarterback. They're going to try to run the ball, uh, try to control the clock, all of those cliche things, but it, it just works out. They're, they don't want Matt Jones out there operating on his own. And I think they look at the other side and they say, if we sit back, force Jameis to make mistakes, he will. So I think the Patriots' blueprint here is to get to 20, 21 and think that's enough. To me, it keeps it well under the total of 42. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Zivik. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to break the uh, train here because I just want to add one more thing here as well. This actually started out at 43 and a half, and so we've seen it come down a point and a half from where it kicked off the week, and this is one I talked about on our early line show on Best on the Board on Monday. Be sure you're checking us out there, Monday, Thursday, and uh, Friday of every single week. It's just it's two teams that are asking their quarterbacks to play very conservatively. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Zach, when you said that the Patriots, you know, want to win this way. They know that this is, this is their path to, you know, 10 wins and an AFC East title or a wild card berth is, you know, getting slow games, Mac Jones, not making any mistakes, trusting Damian Harris, trusting James White and trusting the defense uh, to do what it does. And we've seen it work for them in both of the first two games of the season. They lost week one, but still held Miami to just 17 points. And then really a no contest against the Jets for uh, interceptions from Zach Wilson. I think the Patriots can do it. And I think the Saints are comfortable playing that way too, because they don't want Jameis to kill them with any backbreaking mistakes. I like the under here are, uh, our buddy Vic, though, maybe thinks we're a little bit crazy. What do you got here, Vic? I swear, I have no idea you guys are both making this <laughs> one of your top plays. But dude, I knew the number was going down. The public was pounding the under. So I went the other way. I like the over. I think 42 is a, it's a small number. I think both these teams can run the ball a little bit and score a little bit. I think one defensive touchdown and one big kick return. You guys are kicking, <laughs> that's it. Chin, kicking the sofa. That's it. So Just a pick six and a, and a punt yeah, return for a touchdown. Got, that's, you, all, that's all that needs to happen yeah, for the over. Just one or the other, but uh, that happens. You guys are kicking the sofa, throwing your drinks around the house. So I'm going to be uh, – plus, rooting for the over is much more enjoyable than rooting for the under. So, oh, we uh, didn't say it was fun. That's yeah. Sure. No, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, we'll, get to the, uh, we'll get to the high 40s, I think. So I'm, I'm going the other way and be yeah. against the world if I'm taking the over. Yeah, no one's having fun. Chiefs Chargers is on at the same time. Titans are on at the same time. Bears, Browns, Justin Fields for starters on it. Like – no, I'm not watching this game. I'm just clicking in my under, and I'll, and I'll trust that things go the way that I expect them to go uh, in this one. And I, I, if, if there is a pick six and a punt return for a touchdown, you're right. I will be, I will, will be pretty sad. But I think that's the formula exactly that for, pushes this game 
north of 42 points. Our next game here is between the Giants and the Falcons. Giants are two and a half point favorites at home. 47, the over-under. Giants seem to get things going a little bit offensively last week, putting up 29 points on the Washington football team. They'll have 10 games off before this, or 10 days off before this one kicks off between these two teams. You guys are both on the Giants here. Vic, why don't you take it first here? Yeah, I'm not. Am I on the Giants or am I against the Falcons? Uh, you mentioned earlier Arthur Smith is sending Todd Downing texts. I hope not because he's got enough problems <laughs> on his own. If Cordero Patterson's your number one option on offense, then things have really gone wrong. No no offense to Cordero. But, uh, yeah, I think the Falcons are kind of a mess. The Giants are a little, little less of a mess. So I'll take the points in the home team. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at last Thursday night and the Giants probably deserve better, right? That's mm-hmm. the league. But also when I look at the league and I see teams – that really seem to be lagging behind, you know, you can pick out three or four, and the Falcons are easily in that group. So you get the Giants back at home in a game they have to have. I mean, look at the NFC East. Who's to say that eight wins can't win that, right? Who's to say that the Giants can't? Well, they probably can't totally turn it around, but they can win this game, and they do by more than a field goal. With you guys on that, and that would actually be my first play in this game if I was going to play it, but what's the fun in all three of us having not only the same play, but none of us making it one of our five favorites. So I'll throw something else out there. Uh, Cordell Patterson has been something of the number one option or maybe the number two option in Atlanta's offense so far this season, but Mike Davis is still out there a ton. Mike Davis actually third in the NFL among running backs in routes run this season. He's still getting plenty of opportunity for the Falcons. It just isn't converting into much production. And so I think that you still follow that. You follow the opportunity. He's getting the carries. He's getting the routes. He's getting the targets. Ultimately, the production is going to come. His total yardage prop this week is 73 and a half yards. And I think he goes over. It's just, you can't get that many opportunities. And he's had them in both games. You guys, 21 in week one, 16 in week two. You keep giving him that many chances, that many bites at the apple. Eventually, he's going to give you a 75-yard from scrimmage game, and I think that happens in this spot against the Giants. Not playing it, not one of my five favorites, but let's diversify a little bit instead of all just saying Giants minus two and a half, but we don't really like it. And moving on, our next game that we're moving on to, another one where we're expecting slow pace and low scores. It's an AFC North clash between the Bengals and the Steelers here. And, you know, Ben Roethlisberger dealing with a pectoral issue. Maybe doesn't start this game. We could see Mason Rudolph in this one. The Bengals, meanwhile, just have not played with the sort of pace that we were expecting from them. Both of you guys on the under. Zach, it's one of your five favorites, so why don't you take it away first? Yeah, you know, you worry a little bit about the Steelers' personnel issues because, you know, T.J. Watt has been hurt and Highsmith, who plays opposite him, has been hurt. Joe Hayden has been hurt. But I just think both teams want to play slowly. They want to play conservatively. And I just think it's an ugly game. Uh, I think the Bengals can win. I got a little hesitant, though, in thinking they could actually win in Heinz Field. So um, I think Najee Harris, you know, has a decent day and is, is counted upon to, to drag it out. You know, first to 20 wins, and I'll stay under the total here. Yeah, I'm with you. I, think, I, I like the under. I think I had uh, Harris last week going over one of my losses last week. But as I was watching the game live, their run game's in big trouble. The offensive mm-hmm. line doesn't look good. Big Ben's hurt. I think the Bengals also have problems offensively with you know, not quite cooking quite yet. So I like the under. I think it's, a, like you said, an ugly game. And uh, barring a defensive touchdown or kick return, 
I should be in good shape. <laughs> Ton of injury issues on, on both sides of this game and on both sides of the ball. You mentioned the defensive issues, Zach, for Pittsburgh, and uh, we know about Ben and his pectoral muscle issue. Jamar Chase hasn't been practicing this week. Deontay Johnson has the knee issue that has him looking questionable for this game. Just a lot of injuries to key players in this one. So I'm with you guys on the under. I'll take it in a slightly different direction. I say the Steelers go under two and a half touchdowns in this one. Wrote about this in my weekly prop column as well. Plus 100 is the price on it. I like that. Again, there's just, I mean, especially if Mason Rudolph's starting, like who do you really trust to make plays on this offense? I mean, you want to trust Najee Harris, but that run blocking in their offensive line has just been a significant issue. On our Tuesday episode of this show, we bring on our beat writers. And don't worry, your guys' invites are coming soon once your teams do uh, something a little bit interesting in the fantasy world. But Jay Morrison was on earlier this week. Jay covers the Bengals for us. And he said that he's, you know, he's obviously covered that team for a long time and seeing an improving defense for them. So it just, it's all adding up, I think, for the Steelers to once again disappoint on the offensive side of the ball and not only disappoint you guys, but maybe, you know, finally lead to a full recalibration of expectations of what this offense is going to be this season. So give me the Steelers failing to score more than two and a half touchdowns. That pays out at plus 100. Let's get to the Cardinals and the Jaguars. This game in Jacksonville, Cardinals seven and a half point favorites over under of 52 and Vic we did it we got you on board Cardinals minus seven and a half what's up how you feeling uh I'm not so much on board with you guys I'm on board with the anti uh Jacksonville people I think that team is really bad Trevor Lawrence is uh having a rough transition than I thought he was gonna have he doesn't look uh, doesn't look sharp I think Urban Meyer is already regretting uh coming to the NFL so I think they're a mess so I think the Cardinals should be able to win uh, pretty easily, knock on wood. Yeah, I mean, I think if this line was 14, you could say that makes sense too, right? <laughs> I mean, the Cardinals trending one direction, Jacksonville just been awful. So <laughs> I like points. Um, it, it's a sleepy spot for Arizona, but I still think they're going to play fast. I like what they did with Rondale Moore last week. He was yes. my draft crush all along. And and I was, I was touting Kyler, so I'm sure he'll get hurt one of these weeks because I, I said to play him for the MVP. But I think Jacksonville wakes up a little bit, still gets really um, – you know, outraced here in, in a shootout. I like the over as one of my top picks of the week. Yeah, can't really see a scenario in which Jacksonville slows down Arizona's offense in this one. So I see the logic in both your guys' plays. This is a stay away game for me generally. I'll throw out a prop though. James Robinson over 22 and a half receiving yards. Go back to week one. Carlos Hyde played a major role for Jacksonville on the ground, but James Robinson was still heavily targeted, heavily used in the passing game. Fast forward to week two, Carlos Hyde effectively out of the game plan. James Robinson takes over as the primary runner while still maintaining that massive uh, pass game role. He brings that to bear once again, and in a game where I expect Jacksonville to have to score and likely to be chasing, we're going to see plenty of pass opportunities for James Robinson. Give me the over 22 and a half receiving yards for him there. We've got another big spread in our next game. This time it's the home team laying the points. It's the Broncos minus 10 against the Jets. Our over-under in this one, 41 and a half. That is a comically low over-under. You guys both on the Jets. No one's making it a favorite play. Vic, make the case for the Jets getting the 10. Uh, the case for the Jets getting the 10 is I don't want to lay 10 with the Broncos. Mm -hmm. I just think... Uh, they probably, you know, a nice start, but are they really a, a good a good team? I'm not sure. I just missed a lot of points, um, so I, I just couldn't do it. So I went with the Jets. 
I'm with Vic 100% in that I want the Broncos to prove it to me. More than yeah. anything else, though, you know, early in the year, I like teams that seem to have crashed rock bottom when in reality the whole season's in front of them. I just think you get value there. I think this line should be more like 7.5 than 10 or 10.5. Uh, I don't like the 0-2 Colts because I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. And nobody liked Zach Wilson's performance last week, but I think just with a little bit of a bounce back, uh, maybe natural letdown for the Broncos coming back to earth. I think that this can be easily a one possession game and the Jets cover that big number. Maybe a little bit more Michael Carter in the game plan too. We saw it last week, 11 carries for 59 yards. He's clearly the most talented, most explosive guy in that backfield. And maybe giving him a little bit more run gets uh, something of a level of comfort for Zach Wilson back there. I-, I was leaning Broncos to be honest, but I agree with you guys. I think we have to see it from them before we trust them laying 10 against anyone. I'll say over 41 and a half just because that's a, a low number. It's really based on that and nothing else. That's just it's a very low number. And of course, we see games come under 41 and a half. We've seen multiple games already this season, but the vast majority of football games, even between bad teams, bad offenses, slow offenses, are going to still be able to get up into the low 40s. So I, I would, as my best play from this game, I just think that going under 41 and a half is always a bit of a stretch, regardless of who the teams are. Over is my play, but really. Nothing is my play in this game. A pretty easy game for me to stay away. Probably the first game I crossed off when I was going over the slate for week three. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Next up here is the Raiders and the Dolphins. Raiders are minus four in this game at home. 44 is the over-under in this one. Jacoby Brissett's going to get the start for the Dolphins. Zach, you and I are on the same side here. We're both on Raiders minus four. Neither of us making it a five favorite, but why don't you uh, go ahead and make the argument for why you're making this pick? Yeah, I just thought last week was the huge game for the Dolphins playing their division rival at home. Well, they lost their quarterback. They crash-landed. They lose 35 nothing. Now they have to come across the country to play a team – that's rushing the passer and finding some confidence all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just I, I don't love this one, uh, but I can see the Raiders pulling away and, and too much pressure being put on Brissett to, to even keep this game close. Yeah, same. I think the Raiders deserve the uh, respect that uh, beating Baltimore and Pittsburgh should give them. It sort of makes you wonder why this is only minus four, and that scares me a little bit. It's part of the reason why I'm not really playing it, but – in this situation where here we are sitting forced to pick one spot on every game, this is my favorite one in this contest. Vic, obviously you've got the expertise on this team. Give us your just impressions of what you're expecting in this game and also your play for this game. I think the big reason it's only four-point spread is because people aren't really sure the Raiders are legit. Everyone's like, are they for real? And based on their history, there's a lot of reason to doubt that. But I will say their defense has impressed me. Gus Bradley's done a nice job. They've really got a nice uh, defensive line rotation going. they got like seven, eight guys who are all making contributions. So I like their defense in this game more than them overall. I like the Dolphins, you know, two of the best cornerbacks in the league. Definitely a desperate kind of situation for them. The defense, I think, will also respond. The Raiders can't run the ball as of yet. So I like the under in this game. It's one of my, one of my top plays. 
All right, let's move on to our next game here. Another marquee matchup in the NFC, Rams and Buccaneers. Bucks are minus one on the road, their first road game of the season, and they're laying a point against the 2-0 Rams. 55 is the over-under. This uh, is a fun one, guys. And, you know, we could be looking back on this game and saying that the winner of this won this game and got themselves home field advantage throughout the NFC side of the playoffs. That's definitely a scenario that is in play. Let's go to you first here, Vic. What's your play on Rams and Bucks? I'm going with the Bucks. I think they uh, had a little bit on Rams. Obviously, they started well, but I think the Bucks are a little more proven. Definitely, yeah, I think the defense is, is up to the, t- the task of stopping Matt Stafford a little bit. So I think it's a good value with the number. They played really well to start the year off. So I'm going with the Bucks. Yeah, Michael, I agree. Big game. You know, too early for proclamations or to say it's for sure. really going to affect one thing. But, um, you know, I could easily seen the Bucks plus three. And when I didn't see that, I just see the Rams maybe – this means a little more to them, right? We know they went and got Matthew Stafford. We know what they've done with their roster, their salary cap situation. They're all in. So mm-hmm. they get a chance to really get a signature win early in the year. Um, Bucks are rolling, but I think the Rams can get it done this weekend. I really do. Yeah, so do I to the tune that it's, made, it's one of my five favorites of the week. I just think that this should have that, you know, we always expect, right? Two evenly matched teams, home teams favored by a field goal. Let's move on with our lives. And I didn't think that was going to be the case in this one just because of what the Buccaneers are and coming off the Super Bowl and two impressive performances, especially on offense against Dallas and Atlanta. Uh, but I still thought it was going to be something like Rams minus one and a half or Rams minus two. And so to see them being one point, dogs in this game I think just doesn't really fully respect a the Rams and just what they are on paper and b what they've done to this point of the season a comfortable walkover victory against the Bears in week one and then a game against the Colts in week two where you know you're quick you're turning around you're going from uh, Pacific time zone to Eastern time zone you're playing a team on the road that has you know a, a tough enough defense and it's just a, a nice spot, a nice performance from the Rams in that game. We're also looking at potentially Antonio Brown being out of this game on the COVID list. So, you know, the Buccaneers have the reinforcements. They can lose Antonio Brown and not really lose a step. But we're talking about a guy who you're taking out of their offense, the first trip on the road this season, by far the toughest team they've faced. And what we see time and time and time again last year for the Buccaneers, when they got into trouble on offense, it was against a team that could put pressure right in Tom Brady's face. And in fact, one of those teams was the Rams. It was actually the second to last game that the Buccaneers lost. They looked back-to-back games in November to the Rams and the Chiefs, and then they didn't lose the rest of the year. But they got they put a ton of pressure right up in Tom Brady's face, and he had one of his worst games of the season. They can do it again. We know that the Rams can do that every single time they take the field. So I like the Rams. I think this is... As as far as a matchup could be bad for the Buccaneers offense, this is the team that presents it. So give me the Rams getting the one at home against the Buccaneers. Another fun game coming up here. Another game that we're expecting to be high scoring. Seahawks and Vikings getting together in Minnesota. The Vikings one and a half point dogs at home. 55 and a half. The over under. Zach, your play for what should be a high scoring game. Yeah, I think this started more down like 49-50. They're expecting points, and that's because the Vikings, who plays corner for them? I don't even know, right? <laughs> but but I do like them at home here. Um, you know, backs against the wall after a, a couple really wild, disappointing losses, both on the road. So they get to come home. Uh, I like how Kirk Cousins has played, and, and I just think Seattle here goes to overtime, now has to come uh, on this long trip in kind of a sleepy spot. And uh, I, I, I take the Vikings probably on the money line. But here I, I made them the, the plus one and a half is what I took for my selection. Yeah, I think the Vikings had a rough start. But I think, like you said, uh, Cousins is playing well. He's definitely throwing the ball yep. better on the run. I think the Seahawks probably stacked the line to try to stop Cook. So 
Uh, my play is uh, taking Cousins in the over on the passing yards. I think it's 277 and a half. I think that's, uh, it'll be a wide open attack from this week, and therefore they're in desperation mode. So I think they'll, they'll respond. I mean, Kirk Cousins is one of those guys who just, it's always like, really? He put up those numbers? He did, he had that and 277 and a half. It feels like the sort of number that we would expect from him against a Seattle team that really struggled last week, especially in the second half. You know, uh, Derrick Henry had the big plays and Derrick Henry uh, had all the touchdowns, but Ryan Tannehill was really efficient in that second half, threw for 176 yards, eight yards per attempt. And I think we could see something similar, right? You've got a big bruising back in Dalvin Cook. Like Derrick Henry, you've got two alpha receivers, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. you got a team that likes to play action and an accurate, efficient quarterback. I think the Vikings can follow the same script that we saw from Tennessee, and that's why one of my five favorite plays of the week is the Vikings to go over three and a half touchdowns in this game at plus 120. I think that that offense gets going. And I think that Russell Wilson, on the other side of this, forces the offense to keep going because, Zach, you're right. I mean, who who is – I mean – Who's playing corner? Who's playing anywhere? I mean, who is stopping anyone on this defense? And we keep we we wanted to give Mike Zimmer the benefit of the doubt because of his history as a defensive coach. And you know, it was a bad defense last year, but they retooled. They got some guys back healthy, and it's been the same as it was last year. It's been ugly. It was ugly in week one. It was ugly against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals in week two. And I don't see any reason why that's gonna change in week three. So I think Russell Wilson's going to force the issue, and the Vikings have more than enough to come back and answer that. Give me three and a half touchdowns over for the Vikings at plus 120. Just a couple of games left here, guys. Our primetime games, and the Sunday Nighter should be a good one. Packers and 49ers in San Francisco. 49ers, three and a half point favorites. 50, the over-under. Vic, you've got a favorite play. What is it and why? I'm back on the Niners. Uh, last week I got greedy. I teased them up to like uh, 14 or some <laughs> such, and uh, yep. they didn't come through for me. But uh, I think they're playing well. They're obviously undefeated despite all the injuries. I think um, I think with today Shanahan said they might play their sixth string running back, but it doesn't matter. I think they're just going to keep rolling. So I'll uh, be uh, a little calmer. I'll just take the normal spread. I won't tease it back up this <laughs> week. But I like the Niners uh, to cover again uh, this weekend. Yeah, you know, selfishly, when I look at Sunday night games, I, I want points, right? Mm-hmm. I, I want to see good good offenses and, and a lot of scoring here. But I see that hook, and I can't resist it. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I saw I saw the Packers gather themselves and mm-hmm. respond, put the lines away the way they should have. And uh, I think they come here, and I think Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams have another big game. And if they don't win outright, I certainly think they keep it within the three and a half. Niners aren't the Niners aren't the Packers or Niners aren't the Lions. That is for sure. Everyone grants that. But I saw the hook also, Zach. Like three, I'm staying away. Three and a half. Get me on board with the Packers. I think they can keep this close. Obviously, where this goes wrong for me and Zach, and where this goes right for Vic, is that run game. I mean, the the Packers defense once again is is just atrocious, and it's been bad against the run in both games this season. And you know, you would think that a team that you know, plays a very similar zone style of offense like the Packers, like their defense gets to see that all week in, all, in practice. Maybe they would have something of an answer for the 49ers. We can rewind a couple of years ago in the NFC Championship game in 2019 or the 2019 season. Didn't exactly work out for the Packers in that one. And I just think no matter who's running the ball for San Francisco, and it sounds like both Mitchell and Sermon are going to be available for them. They're going to be running it well. So if it goes off the rails for Zach, for Zach, you and me, it's going to be there. It's going to be the 49ers are really able to control the game on the ground. But I think that Packers have more than enough to come back and answer it. So with the three and a half, I feel good about the Packers, although not one of my five favorites. 
Here we are, guys. Monday Night Football, Eagles and Packers, and two of us have this game among our five favorite plays. Cowboys favored by four, 52, the over-under. Zach, your last five favorite comes from this one. What is it? Tempo, right? Yes. Let's score. Let's, <laughs> let's shoot them out. So um, I like Jalen Hurts. You know, I, I think he's done well. I, I think he obviously has some shortcomings and, and a long way to go if he's going to have a long NFL career. But he can make things happen. Uh, he's developed, you know, a rhythm with some of his past catchers. Guys were making plays, and I just think the Cowboys know one way to play. You know, last week, they the strange game we already referenced with the Chargers, that was more like a 31-28 game disguised as a 17-14 game. Mm-hmm. I think this week it's the 31-28 type game. And 52, I was I was prepared to play this up to 55 or 56. I'm going with the Cowboys. I just think they have too many weapons. I think it's a, it's a fair number, but I like their offense. I think they're able to run the ball. They got, now they got two running backs that are going pretty well, so. Uh, I think the four is a nice, a nice number, so I'm going to Cowboys. With you as well, and I was talking about this on a show earlier this week, like all we're really asking out of the Cowboys is to be a league average defense. That's really all we need from them. And then you let Dak Prescott go to work on the other side of the ball, and they are this close, you guys, to being 2-0 with two really impressive wins. I mean, could it beat the Buccaneers? And sure, some fluky uh, turnovers kept him in that game. If we don't have an interception off of Leonard Fournette's hands, you know, maybe that game isn't close at the end. But... That's the way it went. It was close. And even if it did go that way, Dak Prescott and and company still lived up to their end of the billing in that game. Then last week, you go into LA, you're going across the country or halfway across the country. You're playing a very good team in their house and you win that game and and you win that game impressively. And so I look at this Cowboys team as having an opportunity to put themselves a cut above the rest of the teams in the NFC East. And I think this is the time that they announced it. I agree with you, Zach. I think we're seeing a lot of impressive play out of Jalen Hurts. And I, you know, I think the Eagles are proving themselves right to have made that bet that Jalen Hurts can be their guy. But I just think that they might have trouble keeping this one step for step. I think we can go over, but still have something along the lines of a 35-24 Cowboys win. And I just, I don't see the, the Eagles defense being able to get quite as many stops as I see the Cowboys defense being able to get. So I like the Cowboys in this one laying the four to round out not only my five favorites, but also this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We still got our 50% off deal going, so if you're not an Athletic subscriber, go ahead and get in the door now. Theathletic.com slash fantasyfootballpod gets you 50% off your first year at The Athletic. For Zach Jackson and Vic Tafer, I am Michael Beller. Have a great weekend. Enjoy all the games. Hopefully our five favorites come through for us. I'm feeling a much better week, guys. Three under 500 as a group last week. Maybe we'll call it two under 500 because of uh, Vic's uh, plus 190 hit, but... This is this is going to be a good week for us. We're going to have like I'm saying 10 and 5. 10 and 5 is going to be the play for us here this week and we'll come back in week 4 ready to keep things rolling. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to everyone soon.